0: welcome to women weekend a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships childhood and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a state of divine feminine love acceptance harmony and abundance On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I discuss on this show. On today's Divine Feminine solo episode, I wanted to dive into the topic of tapping into and creating a sacred space for our own personal creative energy, our creative spirit, our creative endeavors, our creative expression that wants to come through. I felt inspired by the guest that I just interviewed. For an upcoming episode, Patricia Chrisfulli, who is a creative writer. And I hadn't interviewed a creative writer before, and it made me think about how important it is for all of us to take the time to tap into that beautiful ocean of potential within us that wants to bring forth gifts and expressions into the world. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody. Whitney here with a Divine Feminine solo episode. And today I'm really excited to talk about making space for and honoring our creative spirit, our creative juices, our creative outlets, our creative process, taking space and creating space to allow ourselves to dip into that nebulous space, that deep void of the non-existence that wants to come into existence. I always love to consider the fact that everything that we see around us was once just an idea, was once in that void space, that dark space. It didn't exist. This podcast didn't exist two and a half years ago before I brought it into existence. It was an idea and now here it is, reaching out across the world at this point, over 50, uh, no, over 100 countries at this point. Incredible. What a remarkable thing. And it was once something that I thought, who am I to do this? How am I going to start a podcast? There's so many podcasts out there. Why would I do one? Why is another one necessary? But then I thought, you know, I know some pretty amazing people doing some amazing things. So even if I can't hold my own, I can offer a platform for those who are doing remarkable work. And now I'm doing guest episodes and solo episodes and speaking to some of my thoughts and beliefs, and it's been going pretty well doing these solo episodes and I really enjoy them. And I've gotten some beautiful feedback that meant so much to me and it's really got me getting more inspired to embrace my creative process, my creative birthing, tapping into that, be it writing or speaking podcasting, workshopping, just offering some hope and guidance and inspiration to others, which is truly all I've ever wanted to do. And I think all of us have that thing that we've always wanted to do. I was inspired to do this episode from a guest that I just interviewed earlier today, Patricia Chrisafuli, who is a creative writer. She is an author. She's written two books. She's about to write a third The first one is The Secrets of the Still Waters Chasm, and she talks about how she knew when she was 12 years old that she wanted to write. She had these ideas. She would be in the dream space, that space that we're in where we're dreaming, we're daydreaming, we're visualizing in our mind's eye who we're going to be and what we're going to do and what it's going to look like. That amazing space that's so important, and I've spoken to it in previous episodes about visualization, that first comes thought, first first comes picturing what will be, and then it comes into physicality. So she spoke of how her 12 year old self wanted to be an author and wanted to write these stories. And these stories were already bursting through her yet. She had nobody that supported this idea. And so it took her all these years to later in life to eventually actually honor them and try them. So, as I said, I think we all have this and Patricia and I talk about how it's not just writing for some people. It's opening their own bake shop or having their own baking business. It's a jewelry business. It's a clothing business. Maybe it's a, Dog care business, it could be starting a band, playing a musical instrument, starting to garden, being a gardener, starting your own collaboration with others who want to create similar things as you, organizations, groups, clubs. There are so many different creative things that has spurned and burned inside of us to be created. That has wanted to come through. Now there's this concept, and I spoke about this with with Patricia, that it literally is in the ethers of the world that everything exists. It's in the ethers of the universe. Every single possibility already exists and we can pull from that giant infinite abyss at any time and create it into the world. And that's why everything that you see around you exists. It was once just in that goo of the universe, that goo of potential. And it's been said that people, I remember this is specifically for that book, Eat, Pray, Love. And I forget the name of the author, but whoever the author was said that somebody approached her and said, Hey, I was going to write that book, that exact book. I had that concept. I had that idea. I did that trip, whatever it was, something along the lines of they had already written it, We're going to write it. And this has happened for multiple different authors, because the thing is that everybody has access to the ideas, but it's who will channel it, who will bring it forth. And the answer is nobody, unless somebody cares enough and gives enough effort and focus to do so. And that is the point of this episode is great things only happen, beautiful things that you cherish, that I cherish, that people all over the world cherish, they are only here because somebody believed enough to focus enough to dedicate and honor their creative space and connection to bring it into the world. I'm also doing this episode today because I had a really unique and interesting experience This past weekend, this is the divine feminine episode. So I like to, it airs on Mondays and I like to give a bit of update on my travels. I spent this last weekend on Prince Edward Island and I did not know that it was the birthplace, the home of the author of the series and of green gables. I was just looking to visit the Prince Edward Island national park. Yet it is October, so most of the park was closed, but what was open was basically a historical site, a museum essentially at this point, recognizing the author of Anne of Green Gables, Lucy Maud Montgomery. Now, I, of course, had heard of the series Anne of Green Gables. I believe it was also a TV show, potentially in the 80s, and I watched it in the 90s. I could be wrong about that, but I definitely knew the stories. And as I love any type of museum, I don't care what it's talking about. It could be, you know, the history of the phone book. Doesn't matter. (laughs) What a random thing to say, huh? I just love museums. They're so sweet to honor a artifact, to honor a little piece of human history and to really hold this space to cherish it. Oh, I just love any museum. There's something so sacred about it. Museums and libraries. I think I've spoken of this before. I just love them. And so I thought, well, cool. I mean, this, it is a part, a major part of American world literary history. So I went through and, you know, it's a pretty powerful story. This, this girl, so they have the house that she did a lot of her writing in. it was actually her cousin's house. And it's the original house built in the 1800s that still stands And, you know, of course, it's had to been remodeled and sort of restored at different times because it's so old, but it still stands in the same location. And she apparently lived, you know, a few acres away and she had certain paths through the woods that she would always walk to to go visit her cousins and do her writing there. I'm probably not getting all of this right. I only walked through and was there for a few hours, but I'm sure if you look it up, you can read more specifics if you're interested. But that's the general idea. This was where she lived. She grew up on Prince Edward Island. Her father, they divorced when she was younger and he moved more towards Vancouver area, but she said that her heart always really belonged in these specific woods in this little town in Prince Edward Island right by the ocean, which, by the way, Prince Edward Island is absolutely magical. It is mystical. I loved being there. It feels like it, the Anne of Green Gables. It feels like you kind of go back in time a little bit. All, a lot of the houses are very old, Victorian style. You just feel the history. You can feel it. And I love stuff like that. But it's also just phenomenal. The ocean around it, the bay, it's just... It's really... Really, really pretty. Love, loved it there. Really loved it. Very peaceful. Just something about it. And so she would, she would write there. And this place, you know, holds a lot of the artifacts from her time there. And every time I'm somewhere that's acknowledging a formative, important figure in history that created something, I always get this feeling, and I always think, you know, if they hadn't done this. If they hadn't gone through every step they went to to bring what they brought into this world, this thing wouldn't be here. This beautiful series that has meant so much to so many people Anne of Green Gables would not exist if this young girl didn't feel inspired by the setting that she found herself in. And what I also found amazing about this was that I never really felt drawn to this series. And so when I went to this museum, I thought, well, I probably don't have much in common with this woman. She just wanted to write this. I'm not meaning to sound critical, but I was like, she just wanted to write about, you know, just being on a farm and living a a carefree, you know, sort of small town life. Yet she actually, I mean, really anyone's writing is about, it's a story. And Patricia in our episode was talking about, all stories are an echoing of the human experience, no matter how much we might feel, Oh, I don't relate to that. It's science fiction. It's classical literature. It's fiction. It's just not my thing. Everything is echoing the human experience in some way. And so as I was learning more about her, you know, her writing is really about feeling a lot of a sense of a lack of belonging. Abandonment. Her experience was that of loneliness and also really turning to nature and to animals to feel a greater sense of belonging, of comfort, which is something that I speak to a lot in this show and that I've developed more and more throughout my life is just this strong connection with nature and animals. And that's where I feel most aligned with love, with the universe, with my highest self, And so as I walk through, they have these paths at this sort of part of the national park that's really all dedicated to her and her stories. They have these two paths where she, one is through what they call the haunted woods, which if you've read Anne of Green Gables, I guess that's a prominent theme is these woods, these haunted woods, she called them. You can walk through them. They were a little bit creepy. I didn't think they felt haunted, but apparently she kind of would hear different noises and different things. So she called them haunted, but really she got a lot of comfort out of them, she says. And so you get to walk through there and just different places. And along the path, they give little tidbits about her history and her story and some journal entries because she used to journal a lot. And she just talks about how much she appreciates and enjoys her time in nature, how it's where she feels most at peace. It's where she feels most inspired. It's where she really got a lot of her ideas. So I just wanted to use this example because it really just stirred up a lot of feelings for me around the reminder that if we don't go for it, if we just leave things in the nebulous, in the ethers, in that universal void of potential, It will never be, and there are so many beautiful things that can be in this world that aren't here yet. Again, think of all the things that wouldn't be here if somebody didn't try, if somebody didn't believe in it. Your favorite artists, your favorite movies, your favorite books, your favorite creations into this world would not be if somebody didn't say, I feel this, and I believe in this, and I'm going to push and work to bring it into being, to creatively birth it to channel it. And the more that you stay focused on what you believe in, the stronger the universe will push it through. Cause it realizes, Oh, it's almost like it's looking, I just got the view of like a lightning rod. It's looking for that lightning rod to strike and we can be the lightning rod that takes in that information. And again, now more than ever, there are unique offerings that want to come through the likes of which we do not know 10 years from now, 100 years from now, 50 years from now, there will be things in this world that will say, how did we ever do without this? And I'm not talking about technology or further means of communication. I'm talking about things that bring us greater peace and solace and understanding of who we are. This is actually a time of great cosmic knowledge coming through that's been absent on earth. And it may be birthed through in the form of writing, in the form of song, in the form of movies. Messages come through in many, many different ways. So it's a time for us to be attuned, to open ourselves to this, to move into spaces that where we feel inspired. That's why I speak so often about following your intuition about where you might want to spend an afternoon or a weekend or your summer trip. Many of us feel the most inspired by nature as this woman did who wrote Anne of Green Gables, Lucy. As people feel when they're close to the ocean right now, right now, I'm actually now I'm in Nova Scotia. I came down here on Sunday and I'm in this amazing Airbnb that overlooks the Fundy Bay. And it is just an absolutely remarkable spot. And when I walk down onto the beach, so the thing about Fundy Bay is it has the most, I don't know if you call it the most intense comes to mind, but it has the the highest tides and the the lowest tides. tides. The tide system here is very unique. And it's world famous. It's actually one of the top wonders. Oh, what did they say? The top wonders of the East Coast of North America are the tides of Fundy Bay. And so I went walking with Audrey, my beloved dog, and I could just feel it. And it's also just has this amazing rock coast behind it. You know, when it has like this tall coast, mountains, rock formations that tower above the beach. And the tree, there's trees that line the top of it. And it's just, I mean, every element, right? The the trees, the earth, the rocks, the water. Whew. Man, that stuff is powerful. That's where inspiration comes from. That's sometimes where I feel the closest to source, creator, divine, when you have so many elements that are just so magnanimous and strong. So it's important for us to make space for our own unique creative outlet for us to explore our creative juices, for us to be that lightning rod that can attract inspiration. And I'm not saying that you have to, I'm not saying that everybody has to, has an obligation to do this, but if you're listening to this, it might, you might be called to it. You might be feeling like there's something inside of you that you've always wanted to bring forth, to do, to honor, to explore. And it doesn't have to be something that has a message because a message can also come through emotion. Actually, that's the fundamental way it comes. I use the example of starting a bakery. When somebody is a yearning to create sustenance for others, that's also providing an emotional message, which is you are love, you are comforted, you are, I'm offering you this nutrient, this thing that will satiate you, that will offer you sustenance. It's a divine gift. We're not only offering divine messages, we're offering divine gifts to one another all the time. So, when we shut down a creative impulse to start a bakery or a jewelry making side hustle or a podcast, whatever it is, we're shutting down that divine peace that wants to come through us through an emotional message, through a divine spoken message, through a sentiment, through an inspiration. We're shutting it down. And again, this is the time that we need this most because as I speak of about Women Waken, it's about creating balance and harmony in a world that's lost that, in a world that's tipping over, especially for women right now, when we honor these impulses to create an offering, a divine offering to others, it helps to balance. It helps to bring forth that harmony. When you open yourself to this, the angels, your guides, the heaven above's, Delight, They say, oh, thank goodness. Somebody's acknowledging us because these forces will never overtake us. Just like our soul will never overtake us, but it's always waiting for us to align with it, to truly hear it, to truly feel it, to truly believe it, that we are divine, that we are never alone, that we are always guided, that we're connected with an infinite universe that loves us so that we are absolutely a part of and meaning to bring forth different aspects of into this physical reality. So making space for that creative spirit, for those creative juices. A first step can be just maybe journaling about what did you love when you were a child? What were the things that got you most excited? And even beyond childhood, it could have been... You know, in your teenage years, in your 20s, 10 years ago, five minutes ago, what are the things that make you come alive? One of my favorite quotes says, don't worry about what the world needs. Think about what makes you come alive and do that because what the world needs are people who have come alive. When we do the things that make us feel most alive, we awaken and we bring life to others. We inspire them to say, oh my gosh, that beautiful spark that person is showing I have that too. I want to try that. I want to use that. So we play around with it and we offer it and we bring it into the world. So take your time to journal around that. Think about it. Take a walk through nature on the beach in your own backyard and think, what is it that I've always wanted to do? And again, it doesn't have to be grandiose, like writing a series of books or creating a movie or a podcast or a song or creating a company or anything like that. It can be literally pant- planting a flower. And you can think, I always just wanted to watch something beautiful grow. I wanted to have my own little corner of the universe where I grow a few beautiful flowers. And that might be it. Maybe you want to start a little sanctuary for animals. Maybe you want to just rescue one animal. All of these things are creative pursuits because you have an idea and then you bring it into being. Take the time to do it. Think about what has inspired you. What have you felt drawn to do? What do you have a yearning to bring into this world? Because again, just like the creator of those books, just like Miss Lucy Maud Montgomery, who brought a whole series of stories that meant so much and continues to this day to bring joy and a sense of love, and a sense of connection, because that's what this is all about. When we birth something and people express their appreciation, it's because they feel a connection. They may not know you. You may not know whoever created something that you appreciate, right? Right? Maybe somebody wrote a song and it's your favorite song. And it, when you heard it at that point in your life, it meant everything to you. And maybe it saved you in some way, or maybe it got you through a really difficult breakup or a really hard point in your life. And you thought, I don't know you, but I feel connected to you. Human to human, soul to soul, because you express that beautiful sentiment that moved me. We can all do this in our own unique, beautiful way, but none of this happens unless we make the space and the time for it. Anyone who's ever created anything had to decide that they were going to dedicate themselves to something bigger than themselves, because that's what the creative process is. You recognize it's not just about you doing it for yourself. It's not about ego. We leave our ego behind and it will always find a way. Ego isn't a negative thing. Ego is that which acknowledges us as I am me and you are you. And so I am going to see what I can bring forth. Yet we use ego as a tool to create yet we don't feed it through the externals, such as too much attachment to acknowledgement and recognition. Those are all beautiful things that come from the hard work when somebody really puts a lot of effort, right? The author, Lucy of Anne of Green Gables, got tons of applause and and accolades for her remarkable work. Yet, I will note, this was only after years of rejection. She tried for a long time, And this was back in the 1900s. Think of, I I was reading this and I was like, how many publishing companies could there have been? (laughs) You know, it was like 1908 (laughs) and she was getting rejected left and right. I'm like, what? And you think about it today and it's only now it's, you know, it's a juggernaut, the publishing industry, the music industry, all these things. But people still, if they believe hard enough, they'll push it through. And she did. She kept going. She kept getting knocked down and knocked down. And she stayed. She said, people kept saying it wasn't any good. So I read, went back and I read it. And I said, this is good. It is good. So I'm going to keep trying. And the next publisher she went to published it. So if you have something you believe in, if you have something you want to try, as simple as it might be or as complex as it might be, believe that it can come through you. So make time for your creative space. Make your own creative space. Maybe it's just a simple desk. Maybe it's a room. Maybe it's a place that you go once a month to visit. Maybe it's a place outside. But whatever inspires you, whatever makes you feel most open to receiving and bringing through creative energy, Create that, make time for it. But first, just think about it, right? We're in October now. We're getting into the colder months. We're getting towards the close of the year. If you hear this and think, oh gosh, I can't take on another project, then just get in that dream state again that childlike dream state of what if I created a whole series of books with these amazing characters? What if I started this little company where I create holiday treats for each holiday and I can, whatever starts to get you excited, just start thinking about it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Invite yourself into the creative space. Connect with your creative spirit. We are meant to and again, I'll say I believe that now is the time more than ever for women to do this because women have their own unique flavor and energetic form of creation that is needed right now to neutralize the hot, fiery male energy that dominates right now. The more soothing, comforting, feminine, balanced energy is needed, the loving energy of the feminine the connected energy of the feminine that says we are all one and we're speaking to one another. We inspire one another and we can live in a more joyous, free way because the masculine is about structure and we do need that at times, but right now we have too much structure and it's keeping us all separate from one another. We're blocking each other out. We need the feminine essences, the feminine creativity. We need to be that lightning rod for that inspiration All right, everybody, I hope that was helpful. I'm now going to pull an oracle card for you all for today's episode, and I'm pulling it from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck, which is a beautiful deck by Colette Baron reed which again, a beautiful creation. Ooh, maybe somebody feels inspired to create a tarot or oracle deck. You know, anybody can create an oracle deck. You can do like a 10 deck, 10 card deck. Make them each like a different type of flower, a different type of jewel, a different type of spice, and just write your own message on them. And then, boom, you have an oracle deck. (laughs) Just something fun to think about. I remember a friend talked to me about creating an oracle deck. Okay, let's see what wants to come out. Ooh. This card is number 16. It says, All That Glitters. Let's take a look at the message from All That Glitters. It has a beautiful pile of golden glitter with two masks on it, like masquerade ball, Mardi Gras masks, and then a beautiful angel in the background. So let's see what it has to say. All That Glitters, essential meaning A need to see beyond the superficial, the desire to don a mask or dress something up to disguise its true nature, trying to be something you're not, chasing after every sparkly new thing, being mercurial. Hmm, interesting. So this is kind of connecting with the idea of whatever your creative process is, it doesn't have to be what somebody else has done. It doesn't have to be following the tried and true path of someone else's big success that you see on Instagram or online. It's not necessarily needing to be fancy or glittery. It just needs to be yours. The Oracle message. It's only human to want to adorn oneself in trinkets and paint a pretty picture of oneself. It's natural to want to acquire the trappings of status or to deny them as a statement of rebellion. But if it sparkles, is it better? Whether it's a fast car, a big house, a title or position, the stamp of authority, or the sparkling of diamonds, these icons let you know something about a person, place, or thing, or do they? The truth is that people seek to acquire things because of what they will do for them and how they symbolically will elevate them and make them more attractive. This card signals that it's time to see beyond the adornments and probe underneath the surface. Ooh, I love that. See if probing under the surface for your unique outlet. Tapping in to that vein, to that source, to really bring forth your own explosion, right? Your own spring of inspiration and creativity. Learn to recognize the mask people wear and the motives underlying them. Imagine that all that glitters is gone. Would you still desire the object or person So yeah, not doing something just because we want the fame or the fortune, the recognition. Again, planting one single flower is a form of creative expression. Making a little vegetable garden, making your own recipe of cookies that you offer to your neighbors doesn't have to be fancy. It's just meant to be yours. Prosperity message. Sometimes an opportunity looks so good that it glitters like gold and you just can't resist it, especially when it appears others are doing so well and have hit the mother load. During the American gold rush, everyone hurried West to find their fortune and then deserted entire towns after the mining depleted the gold veins in the earth. So too, can you deplete yourself as you chase after the latest shiny thing that has caught your eye? There is a mercurial quality to your present circumstances. Pay no attention to those who chase after fool's fools gold. Resist the temptation to be jealous of others. What they have achieved may not be the true success you seek, so don't compare yourself to them. You see only the surface right now, only the sparkle. Be assured that you will experience your own shining moment if you stick to what you know. All that glitters may not be gold for you. So perfect, so aligned. You have your own unique gold, glittery essence. And it's not like anyone else's. It's not chasing after, again, somebody who's prominent, somebody who's done something. And we say, okay, I'm going to do this just so I can have that, right? It's like people who want to start some sort of company just to make a lot of money, right? Or somebody that wants to become an actor just to be famous. And I remember hearing really inspired by somebody that said along the lines of, It's not the most talented person that does it, and it's not the person who wants it the most. It's the person who has to do it who will be the most successful, meaning that the person that loves it so much that they would do this and work for this even if there was no fame involved and no outcome, that they just want to do it because that's the person that will keep going forward even when it's hard, even when it's challenging, even when it's not all glitz and glamour and glittery and gold, right? And I'm not saying it has to be hard for you. Maybe for some of you, it will. Maybe someone I'm speaking to out there is going to create something that ignites the world in a new way. And maybe it's somebody, again, who's going to create something just for them that inspires them each day in their own home, in their own space. Either way, it's not meant to look like anyone else's. So we don't need to compare and we don't need to compete and fight and say, oh my gosh, I want what they have. I have to have what they have because then I'll be happy. That's where we get ourselves in trouble. If we feel inspired, that's great. More of the tone of, wow, what they've done is amazing. And I would love to offer and create something like that. That's so powerful. That's so inspirational. Yet find your own unique route, that vein to tap into that well that you can bring forth your creative spirit, your creative expression into the world alright everybody I hope that was helpful have a beautiful day take care that wraps up our episode for today thank you so much for listening to Women Waken if you enjoyed this episode please share it with others and come back for more if you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken and if you follow Women Waken you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.